episode 63. It gladdens me to know that Odin prepares for a feast. Soon I shall be drinking ale from curved horns. This hero that comes into Valhalla does not lament his death. I shall not enter Odin's hall with fear. I think this is like one of the uh, first time we ever do a day pod. So good day, midday, or whatever you want to call it. Um, EC, I now I, I kind of like have a, have a you know brain fart on how to start this pod. EC, <laughs> since it's not at night. <laughs> I don't think we've done one of these in a while, if we've done one at all. So this is really cool to yeah. kind of get one during the day. You know, we're on we're on kind of a break. I know we've got some players that are playing in Euros mm-hmm. and that, but. You know, for the most part, I don't think we've ever done a daytime uh, podcast, so this should be interesting. We've done one in the afternoon. That, that's even that was even uh, kind of weird, but yeah, during I mean, this early in the in the in the in the, in the day, um, obviously, you know, we have the Euros going on, so you know, getting up, watching football, then watching the, you know this this match. Uh, obviously, we'll talk about it here in a second, and then gearing up for the Belgium uh, Russia match, and then tomorrow just. The next month is going to be totally jam-packed with the football, and I'm very excited. Unfortunately, I have to work. We we both, everybody has to work, and we're going to miss those games that are, you know, during the week. But, hey, you know what? It, it happens. You see, you and I, uh, we all haven't talked, I guess, since uh, since two weeks ago. I was in Casper last week, and then um, since the end, end of the match, uh, end of the season, I'm sorry. And I think I've calmed down. I've calmed down. I think I've jumped, you know. I have not jumped off the cliff like I said I was, and I'm still I'm still on the uh, still on the nuclear option of um, of blowing the team up. Um, I still you know I have my opinions on players, uh, but you know what? I'm not gonna bog down this pod with that. I'm not gonna. It's not gonna be a bitch fest, easy. Trust me, it's not. I, I, I I'm gonna be as positive as I can in this pod, and it's it's, it's all it's all rainbows and unicorns and sh- sunshine on this podcast. You know, so I, I'm going to promise you that. Oh, good. That's good. That's refreshing to hear. <laughs> <laughs> but see, I, I guess, well, I guess now, well, unfortunately, I'm going to have to bog bog down this, the pod with some, uh, you know, some very, um, I guess the outcome right now is still, um, is still up in the air. Uh, if anybody was watching the, um, the Finland, the, uh, Denmark, I'm going to call them Danish, but the Denmark match. Uh, at the 43rd minute, Christian Eriksen collapsed. Um, I didn't see it. Do, I didn't see it go on. You see, I don't know if you you were able to see it as well when he collapsed. But I I I, very, I tuned in to the aftermath. Um, the players surrounding him, kind of you know, putting up a wall, a shield uh, between the you know what was going on with the medical staff, and then obviously you know, shielding that from the crowd. Um, yeah, so just just like a Heineken commercial, the moment I get up, I'm sitting there the whole time, 
And the moment I get up, I start getting text messages about what's going on. I go back in the living room and um, I had already had it on. So I'm like, what's going on? And I look and they show the replay and it didn't really look like he was in that bad of a collision. I know it was a, a corner kick and he kind of comes away from that and he's kind of walking. And then the next thing you know, he just starts to stumble and then he just collapsed uh, to the ground. So I'd never, ever, I've been watching football for a long time. I've never seen anyone do CPR on the field. So obviously that was, you know, you know, freaky. I mean, I, I couldn't think of a better word, freaky, scary um, to see. Um, and, you know, obviously the players, like you said, are, are, are standing around him and they're crying. So I'm thinking, okay, this guy might not make it. You know, I mean, I, I just finished doing a CPR class and, you know, once you start doing compressions, you don't, you don't have your, the, the clock basically starts, right? So the heart's basically said, I'm done. Mm -hmm. And so they're trying to resuscitate you and get your heart going. So they're doing CPR on the guy and the guys are crying. The fans in the stands are crying. I'm, I was freaking out. Um, Twitter's obviously blowing up. My phone's blowing up and, um, it's, it's really worrying. You know, I, I hate the fact that they had a, a, a picture of his wife down there crying. I wish they wouldn't have showed that, but uh, it's TV, so you know that that's probably why they did it. But um, no, it was really unfortunate to see. Um, I was hoping and praying that it was just a seizure, but you know when, when you're doing compressions, that not, that's not something that usually goes down. You probably you just let them seize out, and then you know they hopefully they they wake up. So um, really unfortunate scenes. Fortunately, I got a text from you. I think it was you know sending out a tweet that um, he was okay and that you know he was awake and conscious before they wheeled him out, but. It's just scary. It reminded me of, um, I think his name was Lynn Bias, who I think just passed away on the on the court. This is back in the day, but um, that's the only thing I could really reference it to of a guy just, you know, out there playing one minute, and then the next minute um, he just, you know, passes out and, and dies. So luckily or hopefully, you know, once they run tests, you know, nothing is, is too bad, and, and luckily he didn't pass away. But um, it just it just makes you realize how important family really is and how minuscule football is in, in the, the main scheme of things. Obviously, we love it. We love to watch it. We love the players. We hate the players. And we're passionate about what we say and what we talk about. But, you know, when something like that happens, the only thing anybody I know in our text groups and all over the world, all we were doing was just praying that he, you know, could get up and wake up and play again, regardless of what team he's on, regardless of what country he plays for. Mm -hmm. You know, we just want him and his family to know that, you know, everyone was praying for him and hoping that he would uh, be able to recover. No, it was it was surreal. You see, I've never uh, in my years of, of watching sport, I've never, you know, yes, you've seen horrific injuries on the pitch, on the, on the field, whether it be football, especially football, American football, um, you know, with head injuries. Right. You know, par you know, people being paralyzed. I mean, I've seen that, but. To see chest compressions to being performed on the field, and I could have sworn, I mean, I, it looked like they were doing, they had a defibrillator on him because I don't know if you ever seen the way, you know, when they jolt somebody, I yeah. mean, his, his, his feet were jolting up. It's like, I mean, I know it looked like they had, they were using an AED. Um, I've never seen that. And it, it was kind of like, I'm going to, I'm, I'm really going to watch somebody die on national television that's what i was really surprised with the broadcast that they didn't cut away to um the <laughs> the the they went to the halftime crew yeah the halftime crew yes exactly yeah. um they just kept on kept on and then uh, obviously i mean we saw everything that was going on with the players and then 
Cassius Michael coming up and you know uh, giving condol um, not condolences um, you know just, just uh, you just consult con con yeah, consoling there you go not condoling, yeah. consoling and I wish like you said I wish it would have showed that but it's TV it's ESPN yeah no shout out to those guys they're great but you know sometimes you don't want to you know capture those moments you know you got players holding up towels and I'm thinking okay. He's probably expired at this point. Yeah. They don't want us to even see what he looks like. And and luckily, um, I mean, I mean, you thought about it because, I mean, when they rolled him out, I mean, and obviously Hunter. I mean, he was he was trying to log on, guys. Um, you know, he was kind of. I think he's part of an emergency response team for his job, so he kind of knows. You know, he was you know informing us about chest compressions and them using the defibrillator and stuff like that. So when they rolled him out. And there was nobody doing any compression. So, obviously, the thing, you know, the because he was there for, what, from the 43rd minute to the, what, the 50, what, four? It seemed like a good 10 minutes good that 10 they minutes. were working yeah, on him. Working At least 10 to 15 tops and that what, they were working on. Something you and I kind of pointed out is, like, where's the hell, where the, where's the damn ambulance on the field? Where, I mean, yeah. in, in the United States, that's what happened, right? The freaking ambulance is something that dire. The ambulance would come on the field, get ready to move the move the bot, move the patient. I'm sorry, not the body, the patient, um, and get him to where he needs to go, like any medical, you know, hospital or whatnot. I mean, you waited that long, and then the players had to escort him out on a. I mean, I I would I would say gurney, right? That's what they're called, you know. And then with the with the sheet that was wrapped around the the player himself. You are. I obviously thought the worst. It was like that's not good. Unfortunately, where there, you know, there was a cameraman that got a good angle and tweeted it out to where you saw him. He was he had an oxygen mask. You know, he was you know sitting upright and whatnot. And now finally, there, you know, like you said, they've gotten word that he's at hospital and he's in stable condition uh, right now. So I mean, obviously, his 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 road to recovery is going to be long. Um, you know, hell, he might not play football again, but God, I mean, he's living. He's, I mean, he's back. With, I mean, he's alive. He's going to be with his family, uh, and and that's what he needs to concentrate on. And when the world of football needs to, um, you know, like I said, like you said, send him his prayers, thoughts and prayers to him, and especially his, his wife and, and if he has any kids. Because, um, you know, like I said, what I was seeing is, was a first for me. It was kind of disturbing, but it is what it is. Outcome of that, they canceled the match. I know there's been some debate with um, a, lot, a lot of the pundits. Do you cancel the rest of the games today? Uh, Belgium obviously plays uh, Russia. Um, Russia here in a bit. And um, so, you know, obviously uh, Ericsson plays, played with Lukaku. Um, you know, there's just I – don't, I don't see why, where, why, why you would cancel the match at 2 o'clock. Um, I understand why they canceled the match, right? The 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 Denmark match because obviously these players, the players that are playing with them as national team players, are distraught. But you're not gonna suspend the tournament just because this happened. I mean, he's alive, you know, he's in stable condition, and the, I guess how the well, what's the old saying? The show must go on. Um, so I don't understand where these pundits are like. These players are not going to be in the right mind. That's why you have a bench. That's why you have a substitution bench. And uh, if, if Lukaku's not in uh, the state of mind to play, uh, like everybody's assuming he's not, uh, then bench him and bring in somebody else. 
I don't know what your opinion on that. I think he'll be fine to play. I think had he passed away, um, I think then you say, okay, we'll, we'll take a day to kind of reflect and regroup. And then at that point, after that day, I think then you, you look at each individual player, you know, you've got players who play with him at Spurs, players that play with him on Inter. Maybe those guys don't play that next, that next uh, game. But I think, you know, in these, in these type of circumstances, yes, it's a very sad deal. I think even some of the Finland players were, were in tears as well, just seeing what was going on. So I totally get that game uh, not being uh, played. That, that makes total sense. Um, but I think the rest of the today's games and tomorrow's games should be played. Obviously, he's fine now. Um, you know, his phone's probably blowing up. His wife's phone's probably blowing up. You know, where is he at? What hospital? You know, can I go see? And they're going to find out really quickly. He can't have everybody and their mom in the visiting room trying to figure out if he's okay. So, you know, great picture that that guy caught. Great angle. He looked fine. They're going to have to do some blood work. They're going to have to run some scans. And, you know, once that all comes back, <clears throat> he probably won't play until next season. Not next season, next season. But he probably won't play this tournament. Um, he probably won't play until, you know, Serie season kicks off and then he'll, you know, do his thing. Or they'll say, hey, man, you got blood clots and you almost died. Kind of uh, reminiscent of Chris Bosch, who, you know, he had blood clots and his doctor said, listen, you can play, but if something happens, you could you could die. So I think that's something that will probably come out of this for him just kind of passing out. I hope it's not performing enhancing drugs and he, you know, that caught up to him. I hope it's a, a positive thing, if you will. Um, so we'll, 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 we're all kind of waiting with bated breath to see what the results are. Well, I mean, let's, uh, let's get to the rest of the Euros, EC. Um, we have, again, we have a Belgium match um, this afternoon in Russia. How, do you, how are you liking the fact that they're not playing in one, one specific country and they're, they're moving, there's what, eight different cities that they're playing in? They're playing in, I know, Wembley, they're playing in London. They're playing in St. Petersburg. They're playing in Copenhagen several games. They're playing in um, Sevilla, I believe. Um, uh, they're playing in Budapest, Budapest. I got yeah, I had to read that twice when I was looking at the matches. Um, they're playing in Baco. I think that's in Switzerland, uh, where the, the the first game was. Uh, how are you liking like this? It's a true Euro, in my opinion, right? Because you're just getting, you know, these teams traveling around Europe. Obviously, it's probably it's due to COVID, um, you know, for whatever reason. Um, but I kind of like it. I mean, I kind of like the fact that, you know, that you have these host cities throughout Europe. And then ultimately the, fi the semis and the finals will, will, will convene in, in, in Wembley this year um, uh, in London. And um, I kind of like I, I'm digging it. I'm, I mean, I'm digging it because yesterday's game and um, the Italy game that they had, I was, I, it was awesome. They played at the Stadio Olimpico in Rome, um, and then tomorrow's match is going to be played in Wembley with England and uh, Croatia. Uh, then I play Croatia. It's a Slavic country. I forgot. I'll look it up here in a second. Uh, their match tomorrow, and then you just have these all these games just in these different cities. How are you liking it? I like it a lot. I like it a lot. I'm glad that they're kind of rolling some things back as far as letting fans in the stands. Um, it's a, the atmosphere today was just amazing. Every time Finland was on the ball, they were getting booed. So, and it wasn't pumped in noise. That's you know, I'm, I'm so over that. I'm glad that's uh, that's a thing of the past. So, no, it's 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 cool. It's, I, I like the fact that they're trying to make things work. 
I wish they changed it to the 2021 Euros. I know they have to do that because yeah. it's really supposed to be 2020. But, you know, other than that, I think the production's really good. Um, the, the halftime show is decent. Um, you know, the, the commentators are decent. It's not, it's not anything to where I'm like, oh, my God, th- these guys are absolutely amazing. But I think it's difficult for me. I ha- I've got an unconscious bias or even a bias even. I like who I like. And if it's not you and you start yeah. talking – no. I kind of I tune out. I've, I've even sometimes muted the, uh, the commentary just, and just watched the game. Um, and, and, you know, they do a good job. You know, those big companies, ESPN, Fox, they do a good job of doing the pre-match stuff, like the stories that they can find. But um, a lot of times the commentary is a little bit um, it's a little dry or biased at times if they don't like players that play in certain leagues and things of that nature. So, um no, they're doing a good job. Um, I've been happy with. I I didn't get to watch the other game. Um, we were at work, but I got to watch the you know up until the 49th minute of the game today, and it was fine. It it it's got a good feel to it. Obviously, uh, the games will be coming thick and fast, hopefully, and uh, be able to sit back and just enjoy. You sp- you talk about the commentators and the way ESPN's going about. Um, obviously, after the last World Cup, because uh, they had the they had the Brazil World Cup. They had the Brazil World Cup, um, and then they didn't. They didn't. I guess they lost the bid to Fox and uh, for France. I don't know. It. I like when okay they had the World Cup with in the Euros um, in two thousand four and prior to that the the lineup was good with Rude van Nistelrooy and then they had obviously Roberto Martinez was on there, but you know what I have to say NBC Sports and the fact that um, that um, Penn Paramount, whatever you want to call them, Paramount Plus, CBS, whatever you want to call them, are bringing in the Sky Sports, um, like Micah Richards and then Carragher, you know, and these and these and these uh, commentators. I've gotten spoiled to where I'm like the the the, the players right now. I mean, not the, sorry, the commentators right now, especially the uh, especially the uh, the um, halftime commentators. I just. I, I think the level is kind of dropped. I think it, it's it's dropped in in in, in its in their personas because obviously in NBC Sports knocks it out of the park with Arlo White, you know, commentating the big matches, you know, and they get um, Martin Tyler, you know, commentating those big matches. So you have those 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 vocal in-game personas uh, doing the play-by-play, and then obviously depending on who it is, Graham Lasso or Lee Dixon. Uh, who, you know, whoever's doing the color commentary, the, the X player, X player, but even in even in studio, you have, um, I know he's on he's on the ESPN broadcast. Tim Howard's there, but Tim Howard, he's doing a great job. Robbie Musto, um, Robbie Earl, right? That's his last name, Robbie Earl. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then the other guy, the American, um, he's married to Sigourney Weaver's daughter. What's her name? Uh, I can't. Don't give me the line. The dude with the hair. The dude with the awesome hair. Let's put it that way. <laughs> but anyways, as as a as a as a studio team, I think they do a great job. And I mean, again, you, like you say, you have your bias. I like what they've done with the partnership with Paramount with Sky, and bringing Micah Richards in and 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 um, and Carragher in doing the doing their halftime commentary, doing the pre match commentary. Um, I don't know if you ever ever you ever get a chance to watch the. Micah and um, Micah and what is it? And Roy and Roy that that whatever that that the car trip episode shit that they have. And Micah Richards is freaking funny as hell, dude. You know what I mean? He, 
I think he brings a lot of character. Even though he's a city ex city player, I I I see. A, I like the guy. I really do. Um, he's funny. You know, he brings a lot of you know energy to the to the to the to the to the broadcast. I mean, how? I mean, who do you who would have thought that him and Roy Keane, Roy Keane being the crotchety old you know ex player, you know that's the person I like. In, would bring Roy, make Roy Keane a little more human, right? And, 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 and you know, have, making him joke around a lot more. So I like, I really do like that. But ESPN, I think, needs to step up their game because I think they're just, they're just losing it. I mean, they, I saw yesterday uh, Alessandro Pierlo, right, was uh, was do on their halftime uh, on the halftime show. I'm not saying because he didn't speak English well. It's just the fact that it just there, it was very dry. And a lot yeah. of and a lot of players that they have on 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 on, on talking, Maka's good. I mean, I know you probably don't like Craig Burley. I do like Craig Burley. Um, they're good. It's just some of these these ex players that they're trying to you know just run through the ga- the gauntlet you know of the ESPN gauntlet. I think they're 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 missing on a lot of it. Then that's just yeah. my opinion. They're re- they're reaching a lot, yeah. but I mean, like I said, it's not horrible. I don't like I said if if I hate it, I'll just mute it. And I'll just watch the game, which I hate to do. I love, I love a good commentator. They bring much. They bring so much to the game. You know, a lot of times they're there, so they can really give you a, a full detail of what's going on. And so, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not upset. It's, it'll, it'll be fine. I'm sure that the games will continue to flow, and hopefully, people can get past this big incident. Hopefully, he's fine, and we can kick on and have a great tournament. All right. Speaking of the tournament, EC, who? I mean, who do you have? I mean. The the group I, of death, I, the group of death yeah. that everybody's talking about with Germany, France, Portugal, and Hungary. That those are three heavy hitters in that this group. We have ex Euro ex Euro winners with Portugal, ex World Cup winners with France, um, and then a Germany side ex another ex World Cup winner. I'm just, but most recent would be France, and then and then you have Hungary. Who do you have coming out of that 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 um, that pool? Um, I would say France will probably come out of that pool. They should anyway. I think it's going to be a good um, a good fight and a good battle. Um, but I think France come out of there. Um, maybe Germany um, comes in second. But yeah, I think I think France they've got still got the combination of you know veteran players with um, the combination of you know some of your younger stars as well with, with Kylian Mbappe. So. I think they come out. I think Germany um, maybe finishes second. I think you know it's a tournament, so you know nobody really knows how it's gonna how you, how you can kind of come together with your international team. It's it's a lot different from you know when you're playing with your club team. So you know can they gel together? You know playing in front of fans. A lot of these guys. It's been a little while since they've you know played in front of a you know raucous stadium. You know people yelling you know, screaming and hollering at them, cheering for them even. Uh, that, that might be different for some of them as well. So it'll be interesting to see how they adapt. It'll be really interesting to see, you know, who comes out of that group. Um, ultimately, I think Belgium's uh, going to wind up coming out on top. Um, Italy's kind of my dark horse. I'm glad they got off to a good start the other day. That was really good to see because uh, I picked those guys to, to kind of be the dark horse. But I think one of the things um, with tournament like this you know, it's, it's just different. You know, you, you jump away from your, your club team. Most club teams haven't been playing in front of fans. And so now they're getting back into the, the flow of things and how things usually are. I'm not saying that they're going to be gun shy, but it is going to be a little bit different, 
you know, playing in front of a full crowd in some in some stadiums. So definitely think France will come out, Germany there. My winners, Belgium. Like I said, my dark horse is probably Italy, and my super dark horse is Greece. I really like the way they play football. I watched them play uh, a friendly last week, and they just they just play the ball. They play it really really well. So hmm. so we shall see. I mean. Uh, you know how I, you know how I feel about the French. Yeah, I'm not, again. I'm gonna stay positive, guys. I'm gonna stay positive. I'm not gonna say anything. I'm gonna bring any names. Anything. Well, they have more than just that one guy you don't like. You like <laughs> no, you like Killian. I, I, yes, I do. I'm the same. I just I have a you know I have a you know that I, again. I like the French team. They're they're fine. I don't think. Oh goddamn! And that that whole. I like Portugal. I really do, and and and, and again, I'm 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 not I'm not I'm not saying it because I'm biased because of Ronaldo, because he's still on fire and he's he's a great goal scorer, but Ruben Diaz, what he's what he did with uh, City, their team is youthful, they have youth and experience, and that this that's the thing that I kind of look I'm looking at at, at Portugal, and I where well, I think that they can make a run, if they get out of this if they get out of this group, the German team. Obviously, they didn't have. They have not had a good. Um, in the recent memory, they have not had a good, a run of international matches. You know, yes, they won their last one, but they've been up and down. I know they've had to bring in. I mean, they wanted to try the youth revival, you know, and, and bring in all these young, good German players that play well for their nat, their, their their club teams, but then that that, that experiment didn't work. So what they do, they went back to the old faithfuls, right? Thomas Muller. Tony Cruz, which I'm not saying they're not they're not producing for their club club teams, but if you're gonna have to rely on them to get you through the tournament, I just don't think they have the um, I don't think they have it within them to, to last. So coming out of that group, I do think it's gonna. I mean, somebody's gonna their teams are gonna come and limp in out of that group, uh, but yet I see, let's say France come out of that group, and then obviously. Yeah. Obviously, Portugal. I'm gonna say Portugal and France. Um, who I want, who I see that can probably make a, a good run. I'm not saying they're a dark horse, easy. Uh, some would say they're the favorites, right? They're playing in home soil. The English. Do you think the English have a chance to make a good run? No chance. <laughs> no chance. I don't have any. I don't have any faith in their manager. I have no. I. It's one of those things where they're going to be hyped up. Because they play in most of them, not all, but most of them play in the prim. So everybody knows them. So they're obviously made stars because they're on TV every week. But you've got to have a good coach. You've got to have good cohesion. I have no faith in him at all to lead them, maybe out of their group, but I've got no faith in that guy. He's got so much talent, and I can just see him screwing the whole thing up. I can completely see Where's he going wrong, you see? For me, I just think that, you know, he plays too defensive. I feel like he's got all these offensive juggernauts, at, and I I feel like he Italians still won, the Italians won the Italians won a, a World Cup of playing defensive. They're not they're not pretty offensively. Yeah, I think that's back in the day. I think now and nowadays, I think for me, anyways, I think he's got to use what, in my opinion, an amazing even on defense. He's got players on defense who I think can get forward, but he won't he won't play them. He won't play Reese James. Look at the he, last Euro champion, Portugal. Portugal didn't win offensively. They won because of their defense. 
Yes, I'm talking. Yes, I, I'm yes. talking England though, and Portugal has probably the best player in the world on their team. I know, but look so, at the last Euros. Did he actually? I mean, did you? Again, I'm, I'm going to bash one of my favorite players, but yes, he scored. He didn't. He wasn't banging goals. He didn't. Win, he wasn't up for the Golden Boot. The way Portugal won was defensively. I mean, they just didn't give up goals. Yeah, but but they when they needed to score them, they scored them. I don't think England's going to do that. I I could be way off, but every time I watch them play, I'm like, this dude's just playing defense, and he's just trying to nick a goal. You can go out and score a bunch of goals and then sit back. I, I don't have any faith in Gareth Southgate. I don't see them. If they come out of their group, I think that's cool. I think people get excited, but I don't see them doing too much of anything. Um, I've got no faith at all. Um, I think – I actually think if they don't finish well, and I mean by well I mean at least uh, the round of eight, I think they'll fire him um, because I think that they know this is another crop of really good players individually. How do you collectively put them together um, and and win something? And it's not easy. Listen, these guys. I think a lot of people get caught up in you've got all these great players, throw them out there and get it done. It takes a manager. These guys, most of their time is spent Look where- with their club teams. So Gareth Southgate, yes, he goes to the games and he sits in the stands and he does it. But it's different. When you don't have him, it's it's going to be difficult. So, no, I don't have any kind of, of faith in him yet. He's going to have to show it to me. And and once he can prove that they can win something, then I'll back up. But he the hasn't last, done anything for me. How far did he get? They got to the, the round semis. of four. Right? You got the semis, right? <laughs> Just, I, that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm still. got great players, though. I'm, name no, me, no, name no, me a no. crappy player on his team. Okay, Name okay. one again, again, again. <laughs> you see, again, you still haven't proven me where he's. You don't think? I mean, again, you say he's playing too defensively, but he got to the final four. What we would say here in America, the final four, last last big tournament, right? Um, his run in, in international matches, he has a winning record. It's not. It's not. He think he's what he was unbeaten for a while. I just. You, <laughs> You gotta win I, something. I, I know. Okay. It's yes, he has. I mean, that, matches, that's every manager. That's every manager. It's like I, that's I what mean, I'm saying. That's my thing with Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. It's great to have wins. It's great to have stats. It's great to say that you have a winning record. How many trophies have you lifted? I know a lot of people don't like trophies. They don't like you know the smaller ones. They want to win the big ones. As an international manager, it's probably one of the most difficult things in the world to take your team years, from their internet from their um from their respective clubs. And then bring them together for a couple weeks, and then get into a tournament. So, it's great that he got fourth place. But I, I would argue, I, I remember looking at the United States, not obviously not the last World Cup because couldn't qualify, but the one before that, he had an excellent team and could have beat Belgium and didn't do that and took a lot of criticism and, and ultimately got fired. And that's the U.S. national team that's nowhere near English national team. So, I think when you look at things, when you look at the scheme of things, you look at the players that they have. That's great. You got to the semis. Who remembers that? Only only real soccer fans remember that. So I I'm not I'm not put out about a, you know fourth place and but that was you know, his first chance. You see, that was his first big tournament, right? I, that's great. <laughs> that's I'm awesome. It, you don't have a lot of time. International football is a different beast, and I'm not saying like that he's shitty. I'm just saying I don't believe in him. Okay. Doesn't mean he doesn't have a chance to do something. They can come out and. They can win the whole thing because mm-hmm. I think they have the talent to do it. I just think Southgate, for me, um, with the offensive firepower that that guy's got at his arsenal, he should be – it should be 5 nothing. 
six nothing, but he's trying to play it out from the back. He doesn't want to get forward with his wing backs. He has controversy on who is going to play at wing back, which is makes no sense because you've got a plethora of them. Aaron Wambasaka is amazing. He can barely even get into the squad. Why? Gareth Southgate. I just think that guy has a great gig because of who he is and where he played, his name. Where did he play? He, I don't know. Where, where did he play? He played for England for years and years and years. He's got several caps for England. But as an English, as a, as a, he's not a Giggs. He's not a Giggs. I'm sorry. He's not a Scholes. He's not a Beckham for England. He's not a Lampard. He's not a. He's not a Gerard. I mean, he was maybe you say journeyman. Yeah, okay, but I mean, just I mean, he's not at the upper echelon of English players. Well, for me, like I said, I don't see him doing anything. I don't think it's the players. I think it's him. He'll get fired if they don't at least get to the final two. And again, why why is that? Do people come into the tournament going, man, Hungary should get to the final two? No, because they don't have the players to do it. These these players are absolutely amazing. They need the proper coach to manage them and put Chelsea's perfect example. I wish Hunter was on. Frank Lampard's got great players. Great players. Are they doing what they're supposed to be doing? No. They fire him, they bring in a competent coach. They win Champions League. I think a lot of that was coaching. A lot of it's the players. They're the ones out there on the pitch. But if you look at the look at his tactics, you can look. There's a training session video that's a great video example of what they do in training, how he cuts the field almost into a diamond, and you have to play within that diamond. It literally shows the goal that they scored in the Champions League. It's the same play that they did in training that they do in Champions League to win. So, you know, coaches, a lot of times when you have great players, i.e. Sir Alex Ferguson, it's the management of those players. Phil Jackson, it's the management of those Michael Jordans. It's the management of those great players that you put them in the right positions, and that's why you win tournaments. And they both deserve credit. Like, both both, both deserve credit. But I don't think you're going to give credit to Ole if he finishes fourth or, or, or a U.S. manager that's got a great talent and they finish fourth place. You're not going to go, that's awesome. You're going to go, how do we get to the next step? And so that's why I'm saying – these guys aren't they're not coming into this tournament thinking i hope we get fourth place i hope we get to the final and and lose like they want to win the whole thing as they should because they have really good players so no i've got no faith in him he'll prove me wrong i will totally come on the pod and i will eat crow but i don't see it happening i do think he's in the end before but this is a this is the thing about england right people have this misconception and yes i tout the premier league to be the best league and you know top top to bottom it is um, but look at the other national teams, right? France, look at uh, Belgium. <clears throat> we have Jordan Pickford, right? Is, is Not we, I'm sorry, why don't I said we. England has Jordan Pickford as their number one keeper, right? How did he, I mean, he plays for Everton. Everton's middle of the pack. I mean, you bring in James Ward-Prowse, plays for Southampton, middle of the pack. Everybody says Jack Grealish, which Jack Grealish's name has been mentioned to go to Man City. This, I think, this this is rumored this past week. Aston Villa, we're gonna get relegated last year. Um, who else? Let's see who else. Declan Rice. I'm trying to pull it up now as we. Declan <laughs> as we Rice. Talk. You have Declan Rice playing um, West Ham. Kieran Trippier had to leave England. And go to Spain and play with the um, to play with the Atletico. Uh, you have Chilwell. Chilwell played um, played with Chelsea. Didn't was 
in the top four, didn't win the league, but yes, they won the Champions League. Um, at center backs, who do we have at? I mean, who does England have at center back? Ben White, Tyrone Mings, Luke Shaw. Ben White. Okay, Luke Shaw. They were linked to Ben White. We're linked <laughs> to Ben White, unfortunately. You laugh. I, and Ben White, he's a solid center back. It's not Albion, like he's some crappy Brighton, center back. Brighton center back. Okay. We have, who else? He's Tyrone Mings. Aston Villa, right? Another, another good center back. So that's a solid that's a solid pairing for me. No, and no, if, no, but but you you're talking about talent, EC. You're talking about this talent. This this I mean, look at look at Belgium. Yes. Hey, pull up the Belgian roster and and compare it. We, we didn't look, even look, finish look. we didn't even finish Luke Shaw's playing left back for them. Luke They've Shaw. got three right backs that are probably the best in the world playing at right back. You didn't even get to their forward Sancho, Grealish, Rashford. Calvert-Lewin, Harry Kane. Calvert-Lewin. Bro. Calvert-Lewin. Okay, yes. Bro, Jude Bellingham. Come on. Again. Play, I mean, Come on, dude. Other, don't give look. this guy an excuse with all these players he's got. No, don't, don't, I'm just saying. No, no, no. no. You see, you're saying he has the best talent in the world. I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, he look, has look. top talent. He has talent. That's it. Not top talent. Are they playing for Real Madrid? Are they so, playing for the Barcelona? So are they playing for okay. the Munich? Are what you're telling for, me is, are they playing for the cities? Voting is, but I mean, are, what who you're telling you? me, what you're telling me is, is that this guy's got a bunch of bums on his team <laughs> oh, I didn't playing. Say for. bums, dude. Okay, did I so say bums? So okay, so for you, does he have a? I would say okay. If A plus is your Belgium, where would England fall? If they're an A because they're the number one team in the in the world right now, that's France, Belgium. Look at France. Where would you put France? Is top where would tier. you put England? France top tier too. Um, okay, but okay, so we'll we'll say France. Germany. Let's most go. of their, most of the German team plays are fucking Bayern Munich, so that's another. You know, it's <laughs> right it's, it's, exactly. It's, it's, Which are the top? Top, top team. team. I said yes. Top team. So where would you put England? You put them a C, a B. Where would you put them? I, you can't put them like okay, A, B, C. Okay, okay, okay. Am top ten. Am I gonna put them top, top five? Top five as a, as a team in talent? Yes, I'll put them top five. Okay, so okay. type your top five. That means because I'm me, biased. Because I'm, I'm biased. The Premier League, you see. Ben White, that, Ben White, Brighton, Ben White, Brighton. As our sent as, as a starting as our why do I keep saying our I don't okay I don't I'm not English guys I just, I've never been Hold to on, England. I'm, I'm getting the Belgian one right now I apologize I'm getting it pulled up uh, one second okay oh, they play Russia today that's gonna be fun all right easy easy okay well, this argument we'll have right to, here we're gonna have Aldebar out. Boyat and Vertonghen as their back three. They run a three-four-three in the midfield. Castanja, uh, Donkur, Tielemans, Hazard up front. Mertens, Lukaku, and Caracas. That's listen. I named off some players. I know you know them, but those aren't jump off the chart crazy. All of them, all the way around, just like England. Like, it's just not like I, I just feel like he pick he has to pick them. That's okay. a fact. He goes to the games. He picks the players. Why isn't Aaron Wambasaka starting for him? You bring up a good point. And like, no, 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 no. You bring you bring up a great point because he has to pick them because I, I, I'm a United fan. I don't believe Rashford should be on the squad. He's well, hurt. I don't for other reasons. I think he should make the England squad, but I don't want him to play because he's hurt. <laughs> no, 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 you're exactly right. And why is Rashford on the squad? Did he deserve to get on the squad? 
I think he deserved it. He had a good season. He had over 10 goals, over 10 assists. He had a good season. I think he's, he's a hurt. good player. But the fact that he's hurt is the fact that what I'm like saying too, just like well, you, is why, okay, why is he going to go play 75% or 60% and then go after, I mean, again, I'm biased, United, then go get surgery and then be out for the beginning of next season? It's, it's, it's because it's me and you. Me and you would do the same thing. If we had played soccer growing up and we lived in England or – United States for us. If someone came to us and said, hey, Suze, hey, EC, I'd like you to represent your country, we're going to say yes. Now, to what capacity can we can we give them 100%? Probably not. And so is it selfish in a sense? Maybe, because it's something That's- that I want to fulfill and I want to be this uh, United States captain and I want to score a goal for my country. It is a little bit selfish, but I think it's difficult. And I think the clubs and the countries have to have that conversation of, look, you're going to have to maybe limit this guy's minutes because he's going to have to have surgery. And so this is going into our season next year. So it's a difficult decision, but it's something that I would have a hard time saying no if it was me. No, no, but that's where Gary Southgate is messing up. This is where I know you said, you know, I I believe, I think he can get him far. Uh, But the fact that I don't know if he's being pushed to put Rashford in the team or he's just making a grave mistake because I'm – this is where he needs to put his foot down and says, I'm not going to take somebody that's 75%. They can't give me 100 you know, 100% on the pitch. He's going to be I mean, at 75. He had what? What's his name? Mason turned it down, right? So you've got players who are making smart decisions and guys that are going, look, I'm 19, 20 years old. I think Rashford's 23. I'll get at least two more World Cups and two more Euros out of my body before it's all said and done. Mm-hmm. But I think it, it has to be a collective, you know, Ole's got to be involved in those decisions with Garrett and say, look, the player wants to play. He's keen on jumping in, you know, helping the team. Um, how is that going to affect? Because you, remember, once this is over, July 11th, you know, we turn right back around, probably have a U.S. tour or international tour somewhere, and then boom, we're right into the season. So they all have to kind of come together and figure out, you know, what's best for the player. But I think any guy or girl worth their salt, oh, yeah. if you ask them, they're going to go, hell yeah, I want to play for the international team. I want to be involved. I want to score goals. I want to be able to put that jersey or that, that flag around my neck. If, if we win the whole thing. So it's difficult as it is. And as much as I don't want any United player to play, I I love to see the fact that we have representation on the field. I love I'm it. Not faulting, I'm not faulting uh, Marcus. No, no, no. I'm faulting the fact that Gareth, Gareth uh, Southgate has put Marcus in that position. That's where I'm faulting. You know what I mean? Think, just... Let me ask you a question. How many of those players, all of them, how many do you think are 100%? I'd say zero. I'd say 100% and he, and he of them. Surgery? No, not surgery, but no, 100%. Marcus needs surgery. That's what I'm saying. He, he's already come out and he says he needs surgery. That's that's the kicker. Hey, a knock here and there. Hey, my ankle hurts. You know, I'm not 100%. If you need surgery, that means you're not at 100%. Well, I don't think anyone is. That's my point. My, my, and my point is if you're not 100%, then you're a knock away from being less yeah. than you already are before you get there. So all of them are hurt. All of them are tired. All of them are, you know, being dinged up. Um, but I just think for me, when you're a young kid and you grow up in that country and, you you know, they've won it before. They won it in 1960, I think it was. I don't know when the last time they won the Euros was, but I know they won the World Cup in the 60s. So they have that 60, kind of tradition 60. of, you know, winning winning a, a big tournament, which we can't say that we've, we've, ever, we've even come close to doing that. You want to be able to say, I put them back on the map. The Euros is a huge deal. It's a huge freaking yeah. deal. So... You know, if they can win it and he can say he was a part of it, it's just another part of his legacy that he'll be able to say, look, this is something that, you know, I did. And I know Ronaldo 
you know, people hated on him, you know, can't win a big tournament, can't carry his team. Look at him now. He's he's not only a champion in England and La Liga and in Italy, he's also lifted a Euro. So, you know, that just lets me know um, it's a huge, huge tournament. A lot of pressure on Gareth. He knows that. And, um, you know, I'm I'm looking forward to watching it. I mean, like I said, he proves me wrong. I will come on the pod. I will eat crow. I will, uh, you know, give him his props if, if they're needed. Same thing I do with Ole. He goes out there and proves me wrong. I go, oh, why did you start this guy? And he goes out and scores a hat trick. And I'm like, oh, shit. I can't say anything other than, hey, I got it wrong. So I'll, I'll do that for Gary. Right, rapid fire. Uh, Portugal wins the Euros. Rapid fire, you see, because I knew you have to get off here in about five minutes. Uh, U.S. and Mexico, give me, give me the rundown really, really quick and tell me how proud you are of our team. One of the greatest games I've watched us play, um, you know, got out to a horrible start trying to play it out from the back. Um, you know, they score right away, literally in the first minute. Um, and I, you know, I sat back and thought, well, great. This is, you know, this is exactly how, you know, Mexico would have wanted to start the game. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they score a goal early. Um, as Corona scores, um, like I said, on a stupid, silly mistake. I mean, there was no need for us to play it out like that, but we did. Um, took a little bit of time. It actually took about 20 minutes. Um, Reina scores off of a corner, kind of a fox in the box type of goal where he's just kind of standing there. He scores in the 27th minute, and now it's game one. It's great to see him score. His parents were in the stands. They shared a moment. They kind of hugged and and, uh, and and loved on each other after he scored. He ran over to the fans, so that was cool to see. Um, and then it's just kind of back and forth. You know, they're kind of, you know, fighting each other, going here and there. And then Mexico brings on a kid named Linus who plays for Real Betis. And this kid, 21 years old, got a couple caps. He comes on right away, and he's just immediate impact. First touch creates a chance, second touch, takes on three U.S. defenders and scores a, a goal bottom left to, to, beat, to, to beat our keeper, who at, at that time, I uh, believe at that time, um, Zach had already been subbed off, I believe. So at that point, it's, it's two to one. You're thinking, crap, we're going to lose. And then here comes the, the, the boy wonder, the uh, Harry Potter enthusiast, Weston McKinney scores an excellent header from a corner. Um, little guy, but comes out of nowhere and jumps up, gets a header in the 82nd minute, and uh, so now you're back. You're backing it again, and now now it's turning into one of those Mexico USA classics at this point because mm-hmm. it's 2-2, 82nd minute, games up, go to anybody, um, goes to extra uh, time, and in the 114th minute, Felicic gets fouled. It's a VR call. Referee kind of missed it. It's questionable. I would have called it a pin, um, but VAR definitely helped us out. He scores top bins. He actually asked one of his teammates in an interview, asked one of his teammates where he should have kicked it. They asked, they told him kick a top bins. He did. And we score. I'm thinking, okay, I could probably talk some crap. And then here comes the, the VAR pin for Mexico. Yep. Um, and, you know, for me, man of the match uh, saves it. Um, not Zach Steffen, obviously. What's that little boy's name? Now I forget. Forgive me. Uh, oh, gosh, you guys are going to kill me. I can't remember the goalkeeper's name now, <laughs> but he was the man of the match. I texted you guys afterwards uh, who I thought man of the match was. Uh, he came on and essentially just changed the game. I'm trying to look it up now. I feel so bad, but uh, he came on, changed the game, um, saved that goal. That made it three They kept it at three, two after Polisic's, uh heroics. And uh, it was just a great, a great, great thing to see. Great, great scenes. Horvath. 
Horvath. There you go. I totally missed me. I apologize. So yeah, Horvath for me was man of the match. Made great saves before that uh, that uh, PK that he saved, um, and so it was really good to see. We needed that win. We needed to lift that trophy just so that these newer kids who are playing in front of fans, you know, for the first time, you know, had bottles thrown at them, water thrown at them, ice thrown at them, lemonade, you name it. They were getting all kinds of stuff thrown at them. Yeah, that's that's the type of game that you know we need to be able to win. Yeah. So. It was it was great to see. Unfortunately, I did not watch the match. My dumbass invested fifty dollars into the Jake Paul. No, hey, Seuss, I'm so disappointed in yes, you. I totally forgot that the match was that night. Oh, I just played I'm some so golf, so right brought, my, brought my, you know, we came back after golf, barbecued here, and I got my my dumbass got duped into. He got sucked in. Yeah. So uh, I heard it was a, a hug fest, is what I heard. I didn't watch it. That uh, Mayweather put the death nail on boxing as it is. As the I'm telling you is. what, I heard it was not good. I heard the Ocho Cinco one, he got dropped. Yeah, I, well, I didn't see it because we're having fucking technical issues with the fucking provide. Anyways, yes, I, I as an American, as a as a United States soccer fan or a football fan. I apologize to the world because I skipped it to watch to an amateur or not, whatever you want to fucking call him. YouTube. He's a YouTuber. I'm not giving him any kind of boxing credit because there was a, a, a video leaked of him getting smacked in the ear and Mayweather kind of holding him up as if he got knocked out and Mayweather knew um, he would only get more money if it went you know, the distance, which it did. Um, I don't know that to be true or not. That's just a leaked video. Yeah. I'm just so I'm not saying that's what they did, but so, just the shambles, like you said. I think UFC c- has completely taken over f- fighting, or you know, however you want to title it. Boxing is is in the trash can after that. No, it is just a debacle of money is all it really was. It was that that was horrible. The death nail in boxing, but yes, I, unfortunately, I missed the match, so I didn't get to see it. Just saw the highlights. And obviously of the, the the ruckus that was of that, of the Mexico fans. And, you know, obviously they think they're being investigated by another soccer governing body for the chance and whatnot. And it's, that's Mexico. Who, who you know, well, who cares? Um, you see, I know you got to go uh, real quick. Do you think the Jaden Sancho um, deal will get done by the end of the next week? Yeah, it's a done deal. Um it's gonna be. It's gonna make you sick because his wages are apparently about three hundred to three hundred and fifteen a week. But yeah, it's going down next next week for sure. And then we'll probably get one or two others. No, no other big names, but we'll get one. All right, guys. Yeah. We won't be. Uh, we won't have a pod this coming week because uh, I will be in Midland and I can't take my equipment. But we will definitely uh, have a pod the week after next uh, to discuss. To discuss the Euros, and we need to get into more some more transfer news. And by the time, I'll probably um, I've been finished throwing up. If Jaden Sancho gets signed, and if, if it's the same money, I'll have a I won't have enough uh, fluid or, or or food in my body to barf because it's going to make me so sick uh, that he gets going to get paid that much. But uh, hopefully, we have a new signing. Hopefully, this this group that we have up running the the club. Uh, we'll have the balls to make a new signing. So hopefully by the time we talk to you next guy, next time, guys, uh, we have some good news to talk about. So you see, you have a good week um, and take care. All right, brother. We'll talk to you later. Lucky Diaz, where you at? Money. I'm